This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, it's Misty. This is Lattes and Legends. Happy Sunday, friends. I do apologize for not recording last week. I went on quite a hike. So, yeah. Now I'm taking the day to catch up on some stuff. Uh, Yeah. So, I'm having some coffee. It's a beautiful day. It's getting hot. But I'm still drinking hot coffee. Yep. That's what I do. Um, I hope everyone is doing great. Happy end of June. Yay. Soon it'll be July. And, um, yeah, I hope you guys are hanging in there through whatever's going on in your state or country. Things are... Sort of back to normal-ish. I hate saying that because it's really not normal. And I'm not going to use the phrase the new normal because I hate that phrase more than anything right now. Um, But this is not a podcast about hate. No, no. It's a podcast about coffee beverages and urban legends. And since I started the last podcast on... Music Urban Legends, I decided to keep going with it. And so this will be the new series uh, for the second season because I'm trying to do something more positive and not so creepy. This one's a little spooky because it's about um, some musicians that died and some of the legends behind it. Uh, So yeah, first off, I want to say thanks for all the new Facebook and Instagram followers. You can find the podcast on 
Facebook. It is Lattes and Legends Podcast. You can find it on Instagram, which is Lattes and Legends. You can go to the website, lattesandlegendspodcast.com. And there are coffee mugs and stickers on the website. And then when Halloween comes, I want to say fall-ish, I like to make spooky bath bombs and spooky soaps. So those will also be featured on the website. But I'll get more into that when it is time. All right. I also have a Patreon. If you would like to be a patron, I have some great things for you. Instead of buying coffee mugs and stickers, you get them for free with donations. So check that out too. It's patreon.com slash lattes Awesome. So let's start this one. So this urban legend comes from a plane crash. And the story behind it is that this plane was named Miss American Pie. Sources for this podcast come from bbc.co.uk treblezine.com oh man zines you guys remember zines hmm. I made a zine when I was in high school with some girlfriends if girls if you're listening tell me all about the fact that you might have a copy of our zine at your house please oh man anyway tangent uh, let's see, I did liveabout.com, history.com, ooh, cnn.com, and dread and true Wikipedia. Let's start with the story. What is the story? This urban legend story is the plane that crashed and killed Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, and the Big Bopper was named Miss American Pie. Singer Don McLean leaves much of the speculation about his song, American Pie, open. The song, after all, does feel kind of open-ended. It feels like a dream. Mm -hmm. Um, What McLean McLean has admitted is that the tune centers around the 1959 plane crash that killed Richie Valens, Buddy Holly, and J.P. Richardson, known as the Big Bopper, and what happened to rock and roll in the years following. The Miss American Pie is the symbol of 50s America, the passing of which the singer laments. But quite apart from the fact that the official reports and photos of the crash reveal no aircraft name, McLean leaves himself forced to issue a press release in 1999 debunking the myth once and for all. He said... The growing urban legend that American Pie was the name of Buddy Holly's plane the night it killed and crashed, it crashed and killed him is untrue. I created the term. Hmm. Or did he? So after checking some stats on my podcast, I realized that some of you are much, 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 much younger than me which is totally fine. I get it. It's fine. You can be young. People were born after I was born. I understand. But you may not be familiar with the men that were on this plane. So I'm going to dive into that just a little bit. So first, 
we are going to discuss Buddy Holly. Mr. Buddy Holly. So Buddy Holly was born Charles Harden Holly. And keep in mind his last name had an it was spelled H-O-L-L-E-Y when he was born. He was born in 1936 in Lubbock, Texas. He was the fourth child. Um, do, 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 do. What else? What else? Um, from early, early, early on, he was nicknamed Buddy. And so during the Great Depression, um, the Hollies got many different jobs. They were relocated tons of times. He was baptized Baptist. They're really into the church. Um, but also they were really into music. So the Holly brothers, his older brothers would do talent shows. And then eventually Buddy joined them and he was playing violin. He couldn't really play the violin. So his brother Larry oiled up the strings so that it wouldn't make any sound at all. And the brothers ended up winning that contest. And many people say that that gave Buddy a sort of a complex. Um, and that's why he decided to try to focus on music and do well at it. Um, let's see. His older brothers went to the war. At 11, Buddy took some piano lessons and was like, nope, not feeling that. So he did that for nine months. Then he started playing guitar, and then he would play guitar and sing with one of his friends on the school bus. They, da, 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 da. okay, Buddy's parents bought him a steel guitar, but he insisted that he wanted a guitar like his brother's, which was not steel. His parents went to a pawn shop, and Travis, his brother, taught him how to play. He was very influenced by Hank Williams, Jimmy Rogers, Hank Snow, and the entire Carter family. Uh, his family would sit around and listen to the radio, and they would listen to programs from the Grand Ole Opry and the Big Deep Jamboree and Louisiana Hayride. Oh, that sounds fun. Look some of those up. Anyway, uh, he started playing a lot in high school. He formed a band called Buddy and Jack. They won a talent show, then they were on a TV show. Um, what else? He started performing on the Sunday Party Show, which was a radio show in Lubbock. He got really, really into blues, jazz, old school bluegrass, and so he was feeling it. Mm -hmm. He opened for Elvis Presley, and at that time he knew that this was what he wanted to do. The Nashville scout that saw him perform and he nailed it. Like they were like, yes, a hundred percent. So he signed to Decca records in 1956 and Decca records actually misspelled his name. So he dropped the E and he was buddy Holly H O L L Y. Okay. So he, um, Went on tour in 56 and 57. He was told his contract wouldn't be renewed. And he um, was a little bummed out, but he still was able to perform. And he decided to do the Winter Dance Party Tour, 
which was in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, on January 23rd, 1959. The amount of travel involved created a lot of problems. The distance between venues had not been considered when he was scheduled. So, uh, this was just one of the issues he had. The, the tour buses were not heated, and they broke down multiple times in the freezing weather. His drummer was hospitalized from a frostbite to his toes, and he got this while he was on the bus. Oh, Jesus. So, that's when Buddy Holly was like, I can't be on this fucking bus anymore. It's time for us to get a plane. So, on February 2nd, before his appearance in Clear Lake, Iowa, he chartered a four-seat airplane and um, was planning on just flying his whole band and what have you. Um, so, when this happened... Um, there were other artists that were on the same tour that needed to get there as well. So between Buddy's band and between Richie Valens, Waylon Jennings, and the Big Bopper, they all flipped coins. Um, and Jimmy that Richie Valens, sorry, I said Jimmy, won one of the coin tosses. Waylon Jennings just gave his seat up to the Big Bopper um, because at the time the Big Bopper had the flu and he said that he could not be on a freezing cold bus because he was already so sick. So Waylon Jennings was like, here you go, dude. Huh. I wonder what Waylon Jennings thinks about that. Anyway. So, um... That's the story about Buddy Holly, basically. Oh, hold on. Well, let's discuss this really fast. So, um, uh, hold on. No, okay. Sorry, I was going to talk about something, but I'll leave it for the end. So now let's talk about Richie Valens, because Richie Valens was also on that flight. So, Richie Valens was born Richard Stephen Valenzuela. He grew up in the San Fernando Valley of Los Angeles. He had some brothers. They were from Mexico, brother and sister, sorry, from Mexico. Um, and uh, Richie basically grew up just listening to Mexican mariachi music, flamenco guitar, blues, and R&B. He had expressed interest in making music when he turned five, and his father was all about it. He told him to start taking guitar lessons. He learned how to play the trumpet, learned how to play the drums. He was awesome. So by the time he was in junior high, he would bring his guitar to school and play songs for his friends. They would hang out with him on the bleachers. And when he was 16, he was invited to join a band called the Silhouettes, um, Keep in mind, this is not the band that wrote the song, Get a Job, if you know anything about the silhouettes. Just putting that out there. So, on... Oops, sorry, I lost my place. October 19th, 1957. Hey, that's my birthday. But not in 1957. Hmm. Uh, he made his 
first debut performance with this band. So he was very popular. And soon he became recognized by Bob Keen, who owned Delphi Records in Hollywood. And this was in 1958. So he was still really young. What, 17? Sure. So um, Keen wanted him to change his name. So he changed his name to Richie. And Keen said there were just a lot of Richards around and he just wanted him to be different. He also shortened his name to Valens because Valenzuela, he thought, would um, not appeal to everyone because of the ethnic nature of his last name. Yeah, that's where people were in the 50s, guys. So, he was turned Richie Rollins. So, the first song that he recorded was Donna and became incredibly popular. Many people say it was written about this girl he had a crush on in school. If you've ever seen the movie La Bamba, you remember her. She was fabulous, right? Anyway, so... When he was 18, even before he graduated high school, people wanted him to tour. They wanted to see him live. And so he dropped out of high school. Keen booked many appearances for him in the, in the country, on TV, everywhere. The thing is, um, Richie had a intense fear of flying. Uh, there was a crazy accident as junior high and he saw the whole thing. So this accident was when two airplanes collided over their playground and killed and injured many of his friends that were outside at the time. So this whole image stuck with him for his entire life. And he never, 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 never wanted to get on a plane. And many people think that he should have listened to his, um, Years. Some people think that he had a little bit of a psychic notion about it. But, you know, that's a story for another time. So he eventually overcame his fears and he got on a plane and he appeared on Dick Clark's American Bandstand. And he's saying, come on, let's go. And then he flew to Hawaii. And that's when he met Buddy Holly and Paul Anka. And so they started touring um, and all that. So then he went back to Philadelphia with some more performances. And then he got booked for the winter dance party. Dun, dun, dun. And as you guys know, he won the coin toss for his seat on the plane. Okay, so now let's get into discussing the Big Bopper. J.P. Richardson, also known as the Big Bopper, was also born in Texas. He um, lived in Beaumont, Texas, played on the football team, was an offensive lineman. He was a big guy, big, big guy. Not like fat, big, but muscular. And when you see pictures of him, you can definitely tell that he used to be a football player. Um, he worked part-time at a radio station, and that's where he, that many people got 
way that he got his name, the Big Bopper, was because he was a DJ, and that's where his vocal prowess came from. So, he um, was a radio show programmer for quite some time, a director, and then decided that he wanted to get into music. So, um, he started writing songs, playing guitar. He did a cover of George Jones' song called White Lightning, which was also George Jones' number one country hit in 1959. He wrote songs for Johnny Preston and many of the artists in the 50s and 60s. So, people began to really take notice of him and he did sign for um, Star Day Records, and he wrote a song called Chantilly Lace, which became huge, 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 huge. People are still covering it, and he pretty much earned his nickname, or not really nickname, but pretty much earned the title of being a ladies' man, <laughs> and... Um, he even wrote a song called The Big Bopper's Wedding. So in this song, he pretends that he's getting cold feet at the altar. So both of these songs became huge top 40 hits for him in 1959. So he decided to take some time off from doing radio work, and he went on the Winter Dance Party Tour. You guessed it. So on the 11th night of the tour... Um, and they played at the Surf Ballroom in Clear Lake, Iowa. So that was February 2nd, 1959. That night was the night that Holly chartered the plane. And the plane was from Dwyer Flying Service in Mason City, Iowa. Um, the plane was meant for Waylon Jennings, Buddy Holly, and Tommy Alsup, who were in Buddy Holly's band. And it was supposed to take them to Moorhead, Minnesota. So, like I said before, they were tired of being on this cold-ass bus, and they were like, we're over it. So, the pilot, Roger Peterson, who's only 21, he said that he would take them. So, the weather forecast for Clear Lake that night was 18 degrees Fahrenheit, with moderate gusty winds and light scattered snow. Keep in mind, Peterson... I just worked a 17-hour day. Okay, let's pause for a second. Raise your hand if you've ever worked a 17-hour day. I'll wait. Mm-hmm. And how did you feel after you worked a 17-hour day? Did you feel as if you would want to go on a plane? On a trip? Did you feel as if you would like to fly a plane? Or did you feel as if you just wanted to go the fuck to sleep? Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. So, after a 17-hour workday, Peterson says, sure, get on board. Let's do this thing. Hmm. All right. So, um, um, there's a friendly wager between Alsup and Valens for the seat. We all know Valens won. 
Big Bopper was suffering from the flu and said the bus was too cold and uncomfortable. So Waylon Jennings said, take it, man, take it. Upon hearing that his bandmates had given their seats away, Buddy Holly joked, quote, well, hope your old buses, I hope your old bus freezes up again. Waylon Jennings said, well, I hope your plane crashes. Mm-hmm. Let that roll around in your head for a minute. Pretty sure those words still haunt Waylon Jennings. Haunted. Haunted? Is he still alive? Hmm. I don't think he is. Haunted Waylon Jennings. I don't know. Maybe I'll look that up later. And I'll tell you next week. Um, so the Clear Lake show ended around midnight and Holly Valens and Richardson drove to the Mason City Airport, loaded their luggage and boarded the red and white single engine Beechcraft Bonanza plane. Peterson received clearance from the control tower about 1255 a.m. on February 3rd, 1959. And then it took off. Um, the plane was only airborne for a few minutes. It slammed into the ground at full throttle shortly after takeoff, about five miles outside Mason City in the middle of farm country. The reason to this day still remains unknown, but Peter may have lost his visual reference and thought that he was ascending while actually he was descending. The right wing tip of the plane sliced into the frozen ground and sent the aircraft cartwheeling across a cornfield at approximately 170 miles per hour. <gasps> Holly, Valens, and Richardson were ejected from the plane on impact and likely tumbled along with their wreckage across the icy field before the mangled plane came to rest against a barbed wire fence. While Peterson's body remained hmm, Entangled in the main mass of the plane wreckage, the bodies of Holly and Valens came to rest several feet away from the wreckage on open ground, while Richardson was thrown a hundred feet beyond the wreckage, across the fence line, and into the next cornfield. All three died instantly of massive head and chest injuries. The guys, Buddy Holly was 21. Richardson was 28, and I believe that Richie Valens was 18 or 19 years old. So, let's talk about how this day is considered the day the music died. Um, so, they, hmm, let's, I guess I'll start with... I don't know. Um, I guess we'll just go into the Don McLean song. Me? Sure. Let's do that. So I'm going to talk about um, the day the music died. Okay, so before we go into Don McLean's song, let's talk about the aftermath of the accident. So Buddy Holly's pregnant wife, Maria Elena, found out that he died on TV. Yes. This is how people found out about death of their loved ones before social media on the fucking news. So she was devastated. They were married for six months and she did suffer from a miscarriage shortly after she found out. Um, she 
reported to her doctors that she had psychological trauma. I can only imagine how she felt. That's horrible. Um, Betty Holly's mother also heard it on the news. She was listening to the radio in her house in Texas, and she screamed and then collapsed. So despite this tragedy, the winter dance party, it went on. They didn't cancel it, which some people say was not cool at all. Um, so 15-year-old Bobby V was given the task of filling in for Buddy Holly uh, because he knew all the words to the songs. Waylon Jennings and Alsup carried on for two more weeks with Jennings taking Holly's place as a lead singer. Meanwhile, funerals for the victims were held individually. Holly and Richardson were both buried in Texas. Richie Valens was buried in California. And Peterson was buried in Iowa. Um, Maria Elena did not attend his funeral, Buddy Holly's funeral. She said in an interview, quote, In a way, I blame myself. I was not feeling well when he left. I was two weeks pregnant. I wanted Buddy to stay with me, but he had scheduled that tour. It was the only time I wasn't with him, and I blame myself because I know that if I had gone along, Buddy would have never gotten onto that plane. Oof. Yikes. So there was an investigation carried out by the Civil Aeronautics Board. It emerged that Peterson had over four years of flying experience. Lost my place. Oh, sorry. Um of which was one was with the Dwyer Flying Service, and he had accumulated 711 flying hours, of which 128 were on Bonanzas, just like the plane that crashed. He had logged 52 hours of instrument flight training. Although he had passed only his written examination, he was not yet qualified to operate in weather that required flying by reference to instruments. He and Dwyer Flying Service itself were certified to operate only under visual flight rules, which essentially require that the pilot must be able to see where he is going. However, on the night of the accident, visual flight would have been virtually impossible due to the low clouds, the lack of a visible horizon, and the absence of ground lights over the sparsely populated area. Furthermore... Peterson, who had failed an instrument check ride nine months before the accident, had received instrument training on airplanes equipped with artificial horizon. Uh-huh. Let that roll around for a second, guys. Crucially, the two types of instruments on this flight would have displayed important information to him had he been able to see where he was going. Um, so another contributing factor was the seriously inadequate weather briefing provided to Peterson, which quote failed to even mention adverse flying conditions should have been highlighted. Then they wouldn't have ever taken off. The CAB concluded that the probable probable cause of the accident was the pilot's unwise decision to attempt a flight that required skills that he did not have. But that's not all, friends. 
On March 6, 2007, in Beaumont, Texas, Richardson's body was exhumed for reburial. This was due to the state of Texas historical sign being awarded to the Big Bopper and a bronze statue was going to be erected at his grave. Forest Lawn Cemetery did not allow above-ground monuments at that specific site, so his body was moved to another area. As the body was being placed in the new casket, his son, J. Perry Richardson, took the opportunity to have his father's body re-examined and to verify original coroner's findings and asked um, a forensic anthropologist to carry out the procedure. There was a long-standing rumor about the accident, and so um, he wanted to find out the real reason that he died. There was also a rumor about the accident that um, that said that there was a gun on board and the firearm um, discharged when they were on the plane, and that's what really caused the crash. After a long-standing theory that Richardson had survived the crash and, subsequent, and subsequently crawled out of the wreckage in search of help, um, his son and the anthropologist did some x-rays, and they concluded that he did die from unsurvivable fractures to pretty much every bone in his body. There were no traces of lead found from any bullet that would have indicated that he was shot. Um, so the coroner's report from 1959 was confirmed as accurate. Um, but in 2015, the NTSB, National Transportation Safety Board, received a request Oh, friends, I'm having trouble speaking today. Clearly, I need another sip of coffee. Hold on. Hmm. So, um, there's a request to reopen the investigation. This request was made by L.J. Kuhn, who was a retired pilot from New England, who felt that the conclusion of the investigation was inaccurate. Kuhn suspected a possible failure of the fuel system, and improper weight distribution. He also argued that Peterson may have tried to land the plane in his efforts, and he should be recognized for that. However, the NTSB declined the request, saying the evidence presented by Kuhn was insufficient and the original findings were what they were sticking with. Was the plane named Miss American Pie? Absolutely, 100% no. It's just an urban legend. So, Don McLean, a musician in the 50s and 60s, wrote the song American Pie for this day. So he was reading a newspaper, and in the stack of newspapers, he just kept seeing the phrase, the day the music died. And it was in honor of Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, and J.P. Richardson. 
So the phrase became what is known today as one of the most racist and pop, one of the most used phrases in pop culture. And he added it into his song, American Pie. So this song is a cryptic song about that evening in question. Um, so what does American Pie refer to? Well, most people think it is all about that culture in the 50s and late 50s, early 60s that surrounded rock and roll music, um, you know, going to diners, going to the malt shop, just a family sitting around listening to the radio and listening to these people, um, you know, you can make your own guess what American Pie means. There's, of course, the movie franchise, which is not at all related. But basically, Don McLean says it was about that time and how music carried a lot of people. And when this plane crashed, it just, it was the day the music died. Oh my gosh, why am I getting teary-eyed over this? <gasps> anyway, um, Don McLean said himself in 1999, quote, the growing urban legend, um, I already said this, but anyway, he said the growing urban legend that American Pie was the name of the plane the night it crashed, killing these men is untrue. I've made the term up myself. Um, so there's another rumor that Don McLean once dated a Miss America contestant, but no one has really um, said if that is true or not. Over the years, the list of people who gave up a seat on this flight has grown. Although Buddy Holly initially may have asked around to some tour members, um, the only persons who committed to fly on it were his bandmates, Raylan Jennings and Tommy Alsop. J.P. Richardson, of course, had the flu and also gave him his seat. Um, so, after all of this talk, um, oh, I totally forgot to point this out. So, in the movie La Bamba, uh, which many people say was not 100% based off Richie Valens' life, but in the movie they say that um, the plane was chartered just for the headliners. So friends and family of Buddy Holly and Waylon Jennings and Alsop and, and Valens say that it was not chartered for the headliners, that these two men, Jennings and Alsop, gave up their seats for Valens and Richardson. And it's got to be not so bananas that Alsep and Jennings survived and went on to do this winter dance party. I just can't imagine being okay with that. I don't know. Huh. So yeah, that is the urban legend of the Miss American Pie plane. Um, oh, now I feel really bummed out. I need to watch a comedy or something on Netflix. I don't know. So what do you guys think? Is that crazy or what? 
Um, I'll probably end up doing another episode this week before next Sunday because this one was not the one I was supposed to do today. I gathered information up and was going to email it to myself because I have a different computer in my office. And I forgot. This morning I was in such a hurry to get out of the house and be productive that I completely forgot. And so this urban legend was on the fly. And then I got more into it and really discovered how much um, listening to these men in my childhood years with my grandma really really made me feel awesome and I love their music and yeah pretty fucking cool um it's really sad that they all had to die together and um it's kind of eerie too especially that there's still lots of mysteries about um the crash itself but on that note let's talk about something not so eerie what's something happy that happened this week guys I wore this new dress to school, preschool. I teach preschool. I wore this new dress to preschool today. Not today. Last Monday. Maybe it was last Monday. Maybe it was last Tuesday. I don't fucking remember. And every little girl in this one classroom told me I looked like a princess. And I went home and continued to feel like a princess. So that's my happy thing that happened this week. Yeah. Um, hopefully I'll be going on another hike this week. And so, yeah. Guys, enjoy the day. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. Enjoy your week. Go do something outside. Remember, outside is not closed. And wear your masks and don't cough on people and stay home if you're sick and all that stuff that you already know. I'm not going to get political, but let's get this shit over with. I'm ready to go hear some music. I'm ready to go drink in a bar. Yeah. Enjoy your weekend and friends go listen to some Buddy Holly or some Richie Valens or some Big Bopper. There's also some awesome covers of Chantilly Lace, like I was talking about before, that you need to look up. Because they're amazing. Alright, I'll talk to you guys later. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.